The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. And welcome. Shut the fuck up. Jesus Christ, you guys take every other week off. This oh. show is terrible. This show, this podcast sucks. Stooley, boy, let it out. Get, out. get all that negativity out, Stooley. We had a two-week vacation. You came back for one, and then you took another week off. How is anybody supposed to enjoy this shit? Well, you seem to enjoy your shits. Huh there, Stooley? Huh? What do you say to that, Stooly Steve? <laughs> oh, that's a moist one. That's real wet. Yeah, I was holding it since last week. What? A whole week? That's just not the, That's not healthy for your colon. This show is dog shit. Dog, well, you know. Stooly, don't you ever fucking interrupt me again. <laughs> All right? Come on, Matt. Put him in his place. He doesn't listen. Well, you just keep asking him questions. He won't be able to... Uh... I think he Put likes it. Together. I think he likes it. In a weird, perverted way, I think he likes it. Oh. Don't you, Stooly Steve. <laughs> Choke on that, motherfucker. Oh, we probably will. I mean, you keep blowing up the place. Yeah. Good thing we have the door open. Yeah, I know, right? Fanning out a little bit. Stooly, have a little respect, my man. Yes, kudos, kudos, and Barry, get out of here. Get the fuck out. Get out. Run. Barry, get out of here. Oh, boy. Save he, yourself. He, like, walked into, like, that cloud, like a, a pig pen cloud for peanuts. And away he goes. I think he's rinsing. I think he's brushing his teeth. He was tasting it. Choke on that, you punk bitch. Yeah, I think he is literally Stooly Steve. Fuck you, Baron. Man. So vulgar to see. I mean, Foul. Like, Foul, even. We're tw- two minutes into this episode, and you've already... It's like, gone off the rails. Off the rails. I didn't even get to intro us. They know who the fuck you are by now. Jesus Christ. Hundred some episodes. You got filth coming out of both ends there. He is. Stooly. What is your issue? What is your issue? I think you missed the. I think you missed having to do something Tuesday night. I was fucking bored. Well. And where's this piece of shit fucking Porcupine Jones? He keeps saying he's coming back. Baron ran him off. He shamed him. He, he said shamed, he's coming back. He shamed him all the way to Sin City. And then he quit. And then he said he was coming back again. And then he didn't. <laughs> you haven't even met the man, Stooley. I heard all about him. Did you now? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. I listen. Well, that, that's good that you listen. It's a good thing, you know. Is it? Well, I guess it's better than not listening. You know, I always yell at my kids because they don't listen. So the fact that you're listening, that's a good thing. You're one step ahead of the game. Guess what I didn't listen to? What's that? A new episode last week. Get out with the fucking show. Well, we would, but uh, somebody keeps interrupting. Stooly. Don't fucking talk to me like that. I'm just stating the facts, Stooly Steve. Are you? you? What do you say about that, Stooly Steve? (laughs) Yeah. I gotta go to the bathroom. I figured as much. Uh, Make sure there's toilet paper in there. You know what happened to me, speaking of that same situation? I was at my favorite mall, and they got no bathrooms in this mall. So I had to go to a Raymore and Flanagan. They have wonderful bathrooms there. 
I walk into the bathroom, about to do my stoolie Steve business, and I look, shock horror, no toilet paper. <gasps> Not even seat covers. So I go, well, I got to hold it. So I walk out of the bathroom and I see a, uh, an employee. And I just say to the man, I go, hey, I just want to let you know, the men's room doesn't have any toilet paper. And he looks at me and he goes, are you going to buy anything? And I said, no. And he goes, well, then I don't care. At Raymore and Flanagan? Raymore and Flanagan. The outlet, Raymore and Flanagan. Of course, I'm not going to spend six grand on a goddamn coffee table, asshole. Your prices are ridiculous. Just to poop. Yeah, just had to do my my, my human business. Is this one on the boulevard? No, the one in the uh, Eastern Hills Mall. Oh, in Eastern Hills Mall. Are you going to buy anything? Yeah. Which I kind of get it, because, like, there are no bathrooms in that mall. There aren't? There's, like, they, they, there's one it's at by the, the food court. There's Yeah, there's one at, like, each end, the north-south. So you're, if you're, like, in the east-west section, you're literally shit out of luck. And they're in the east-west section, but it's kind of hidden. So I'm sure they got a lot of goobly gawkers that go in there just to shit. And you know how people are in public bathrooms. They're probably not... They're probably not treating that with any respect. No, I used to work at Target. Yeah, I know oh, how it yeah, goes. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've, we've all, if we've all had public, uh, public jobs where we've had a bathroom that has been open to the public, we know how filthy. You try to can close get. down the bathroom to clean it up and yeah. get some toilet paper and, and these broads like, where's the toilet paper? Uh, my favorite, to... my favorite is well, I'm a little, I'm a little different because I work at a gym. So my favorite is the old men that piss at the urinal and they pull their pants all the way down to their ankles so you can <laughs> see their bare ass. That's my favorite. And the best thing is, like, when you open the door to go into the bathroom, there's a clear shot of the urinal. So, like, any poor lady or man looking into the bathroom at that moment can see some old man ass just pissing at the urinal. And old man Bush. You ever see old man Bush? Uh, well, I mean, they're, yeah, he. most of them do have hairy asses, yeah. I'm not talking about their asses. Well, I mean, they're facing the other way, so he's pissing into the urinal so they're not going to see that you ever seen one okay i i don't look intentionally it's like a twig and a briar patch yeah yeah where it's 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 like briar patch is the best way to explain (laughs) an old man's set of pubis the mon the furry mon's pubis like when i used to to go to a gym and it was just swaying yeah they they got no shame at some point which you know i at some swim naked i think uh, well they used to yeah yeah my dad said when he's he was born in like 54 and when he swam in gym class they had to swim in the nude it was just like the normal thing yeah that's terrible good times yeah moving along in society sometimes is a good thing progress it's 2022 yeah put some fucking pants on (laughs) um yes we missed last week everybody as uh that piece of shit stooley steve said uh scheduling stuff and whatnot it's okay life is a bitch sometimes it is it is Honestly, I had the opportunity to do an episode. Will was Will was out. I had the opportunity to do an episode of Porcupine, and I took a nap to come here. Yeah, and I woke up. I'm like, not today. <laughs> Did you oversleep? No, I just I work at 4 a.m. every day. Yeah, I work 12 hour shifts, so it gets it get it it yeah, it adds it, up it, a little. Yeah, bit it's every a long that's a long shift. Yeah, it's a long day. So. Um, so yeah, so we're back this week. We got some news to talk about, some things to catch up on, and uh, some comic books to read. So uh, what do we want to start off with today? Um, well, I, like most people who may have not gone to the theater to see The Eternals by Marvel, finally saw it because they dropped it on Disney+. Plus. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is I watched it not once, but twice, which is quite a feat with its runtime. It's a long movie. And the reason I did this was because you, Matthew... 
you said the first time you watched it, you kind of, you know, you had not like glowing reviews, but you seemed more on the positive, positive. than the negative. And then. Because I remember the characters' names then. Yes. Uh, when we went uh, to do our run through, you just said, you know what? I, I think I absolutely hate it on second thought. Yeah. Um, I liked it initially. I was very impressed with the fact that, like, even though they introduced all those characters, I remembered their names. I remembered their power sets. I kind of remembered their characteristic quirks. Right. Um, which I thought was pretty impressive with the amount of characters that they, they threw out there right away. Um, the villain was underdeveloped, but I did like the twist with Icarus. I thought that was kind of... He was uh, the only character that I cared for. Really? You didn't like Kingo? The old Bollywood star? Oh, he was funny. I liked him. What do you him. mean? They, they built him up and then he just disappeared for the final battle. Yeah, I thought that was kind of bullshit that he walked away. Like, he seemed like he'd have more stake in the, the sake of the world considering he's right. got that butler that yeah. was, like, willing to... It was just he, so strange that he was there for the whole ride and then when it's time to go, he's just like, no, fuck it, I'm out. It, I took it more like he didn't want to fight Icarus, like that's his brother, and he didn't want to fight against yeah, him. But even like, st- even from like a just outside looking in, away from the story, just like, why would you spend time trying to build up this character and then just, then just have him walk away and not be a part of the final act? I thought it was interesting just because it was something different. Like you didn't expect that. Um, they did make a lot of like the director. I thought made a lot of strange choices as far as how it was filmed and how it was shown. Like, for instance, like, the ending, where the, 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 uh, what are the, the, uh, the, the big, what the, I know what you're talking the about. The Celestial. Celestial, yeah. When he, like, he takes the three remaining Eternals, and he's, like, talking to them. So you see him, like, you see Cersei, you see Kingo, but you don't see Fastos. Like, you just see a third person being taken, but you don't show like a, a close up of his reactions, right? At all, it's like well, was it him? What, like yeah, it was, but like you don't show like a close up of him reacting to the fact that he's being taken away from his husband and son. And then he's like, yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna think about this, and maybe I'll come back. Okay, like then why didn't he go to the spaceship and get the other ones? Which right. I thought was a little weird. So, I mean, there were pros and cons. Was it was it great? No. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I would put it on like this. I would put it on like a D tier, D to C. Like I like still Thor, think it's the worst. Thor: Dark World. I don't know if it's the worst in my opinion. It's the worst, but it's it's on the lower end. But I don't really think Marvel's ever made like a bad movie. They've made subpar, but I don't think they've ever made like a full blown bad movie. I think you could take away the Marvel from this, and I might think it a little bit more highly of it. I agree. I, and I like that because I, I thought that it felt like a different kind of movie in the Marvel scope. Like, I like the fact that they, like, I feel like Marvel's been cookie cutter for a while now. Dude. So to get something that felt so different, I, I actually enjoyed that aspect okay. of the Eternals. Where do you, I mean, where do you see the future? Like, how do, what do you think that the Eternals fit in with the grand scheme of all this? Because I don't see it right now. I feel like it's a, it, it could just be left as a one off. I mean, they said at the end, the Eternals will return. They I did know, the old James Bond ending. But, like, how? Like I don't see the Eternals mixing it up with the Avengers. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Their their job is to battle I could see the them mixing games. up with Guardians. I could see them mixing up with Thor's 
realm. Thor, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't see them meshing. I don't see them like coming back to Earth for a while. Right. I could see them just being in space because there's. I mean, besides the Fastos character, there's really no reason for any of them else to come back to Earth. Right. I mean, you could show like Sprite growing up a little bit, and then maybe her signaling them back. But that's like a kind of a long shot. Um, obviously, you got the Celestial who could come back and be like, "Yeah, Earth isn't worthy." Right. I would love it. He's like, "Yeah, you were right. It's it's worth it." Okay. <laughs> Put you guys back, and uh, yeah, thanks for calling my bluff. Sometimes you got to put your boss in his place. Be like, you ain't doing this right. And, uh, you know, on further inspection, you're right. You're kind of right. Yeah, Yeah, good job. Good Good, job. That's not bad. I'll leave this one go. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I'd have to watch it again. I just, just like, I know every time I watch a movie, my instant thought when I leave it is like, wow, this is pretty good. It passes like every time you watch a new movie, usually it passes the eye. Usually, dude, the special effects were amazing. You they can't, were. I'm they, not gonna yeah, like yeah. like as far as like a visual thing. Yeah, probably the most beautiful movie. Yeah, you know, next to a Black Panther. You know, uh, you know, next to Black Panther as far as visualness. You know, visual greatness goes. Yeah, but even the characters like that, I initially you're initially introduced to that. I'm like, ah, this guy's guy's kind of a fucking dick. Like uh, Druig, I thought. Like, by the end of the movie, I'm like, yeah, I like this character. Is that the one who takes over everything? Yeah, it takes over the people's minds. He's probably my favorite. Aside Um, from Icarus, he's probably my favorite. I really, the, I I was, and then the the fact that they killed Ajax, Selena, uh, Selma Hayek's character. I keep saying Selena Gomez. I don't know. I'm I'm terrible. Um, But yeah, Selma Hayek. You're a fucking racist. That's why. I'm just, you know, Wizards of Waverly Place has been on in my house a lot. I can't help it. What can I say? I got four young girls. They're watching <laughs> Wizards of Waverly Place. Yeah, but Selma Hayek and Selena Gomez are not the same person. Yeah, but their first name, Selma Selena. It's not even fucking close. You know what? I watched Selena, the movie, so many fucking times. And guess who played her in that 1994 classic? That was Selma Hayek. She, I think. Right? Right? Selena, the one about the singer who was tragically taken from us way too soon. Pretty sure that was Selma Hayek. There we go. There's my connection. Are you with subconscious? Subconscious is what it is. Yeah, that's where I'm going. That's what I'm how I'm defending myself. Um, hey, pull my finger. No, I'm not going to do that. I'll ask you a question though. Where's that finger been? <laughs> I get the same point across, and I don't have to touch your filthy fat. Nobody could still choke on filthy fingers. <laughs> I know where those fingers have been up your damn ass, holding those farts in. You're squelching them, aren't you? You're squelching your farts. You fucking squelcher. Sometimes I like to cut my finger, really cup it in there. Yeah? Yeah. You go, <laughs> smell your own farts, you squelch them? Yeah. Yeah? No? yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> is it clear in here now? Can I come in here now? Yeah, come on in, Baron. Oh, God, that was terrible. I could smell. What did you have, pumpkin? Did you eat anything made of pumpkins? Hmm? It's not even fall. You're a monster. You're a monster, Stooley Steve. I had some squash. Yeah, I figured you had some kind of gourd. Hmm? Sticking them in all your offices. Hmm? A gourd in your mouth and a gourd up your bum. Hmm? Yes. I Pull gotta it up. Pa- I gotta pass the time somehow when you fucks miss an episode. Just like Carrie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurl gourds at you and tell you to plug it up. Plug it up. Plug it up. You filthy degenerate. Yes. Hmm? You know, one of these days, Baron, I'm going to fucking get you. Yes, yes, I'd like to see you try. Hmm? It's coming. Oh, I bet you are coming. (laughs) 
I'm calling you a bundle of sticks, Stooley Steve, or a pack of cigarettes. We'll have to cut that one out. We'll have to edit that one. You have the timestamp, yes? <laughs> hmm? You keep talking like that. You're going to have a mushroom stamp. Yes. Well, that doesn't that doesn't back up my point of view on you any, does it? Kind of reinforces my point, yes. Ah. Not saying it's a bad thing. That word is very bad. I apologize, yes. Sometimes I hmm, say things I regret. Yes. Baron, I think you should leave for a little bit. I think yeah, I need you to need walk to go away. to timeout. Yeah. Go sit in the corner. Yes, I can. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. I'm out of here now. I bet you do. I'll be back when I've washed my mouth out with soap. Yes. Doodles, Baron. Whew. Can you bleep that one or something? <laughs> Maybe put a fart noise over it. <laughs> Men of a different era. I'm sorry. We're trying our best. Yeah. Um... What's next? <laughs> <laughs> Book of Boba Fett. So you're out. You're out. I'm tapped out. You're tapped out. The Tuscans, huh? You don't like the Tuscans in the flashbacks? I I hate flashback sequences. So I think the flashbacks it, are going to be like they're 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 showing why Boba Fett's not a ruthless bounty hunter anymore. They're showing like his why he wants to bring everybody together. He he's showing that like he experienced a different culture. They took him in. He ruled it. He he respected their subculture, and that's why he's trying to uh, band all the the people together. And why he's being more forgiving with people that he crosses paths with, instead of just shooting first, killing first, and asking questions later. He's grown, and now he's like, okay, I'll try to figure you out before I decide your fate. Maybe. So that's that. That's- I just feel like they're trying. Like this is their version of Marvel trying to humanize the Skrulls. Yeah. But I like if you're going to do a Boba Fett show, you just can't have a guy walking around in his costume the whole time not saying anything. Yeah. I just I, I don't that's know. What, that's what happens when you pull the wool back on a lot of these characters that you were originally drawn to due to their mystery. Doesn't always work. It's true. I mean, that's a true that's a fair point. I like yeah, you I can't watched say episode that too. The tr- the train sequence was Yeah, that was, was awesome. Fun. Yeah. But just overall it's just lost to me. And like I said, I there, there's probably a point to these flashbacks, but it just takes me out of it. It takes me out of these episodes. That, I get it. Deadpool. I get it. Did we talk about this? Deadpool. The first Deadpool movie. Yeah. Funny as heck overall. But when they did the flashbacks to, in the middle of the current storyline, it took me out. Okay. I don't, it, it's probably, Is it like that with a, everything? It, yeah. So even Godfather Part Two, you're out? A little bit. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. It, it 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 really does. I'd rather just see a movie and it's sequential or, order. Yeah, kind of. Okay. It, to an like, you know, prequel trilogy or you know those those. But are, you're talking like flashbacks within a movie. Correct. Okay. I'd rather just see it in sequential order. So you're like that episode of Rick and Morty when it's like the guys telling Rick or Morty his story and it's two weeks earlier, and then Morty's like, "Hey, you know." Sometimes your story's got to start where they start. I think that two weeks earlier is just a lazy storytelling device. It's it's. <laughs> I, I I think it's true. I mean, I I would. I get your point. If they're like flashbacks for no sake, but it's like I feel, especially after the third episode. So third episode, um, they do show another flashback where he's like going to talk to the Pikes 
about giving payment to use the Tuscans' land for travel. Right. And it doesn't go appropriately. Like, he, he goes there, he talks to the guy, he thinks he struck a deal, he thinks everything's good, then he goes back and everybody's dead. They slaughtered the whole Tuscans while he was, like, trying to work out an agreement, okay? So, he's it's setting up his, I believe it's setting up his future and current disagreement with the Pikes, which is also, I feel, it's going to lead to Crimson Dawn. Because okay. the Pikes worked with Crimson Dawn and Solo. I think it's going to lead into that. I really do. I think okay. that's the way they're going. Um because they're in charge of the crime syndicate. Even like the huts, they kind of back off. They give, they give Boba Fett a new rancor, a little baby rancor Aww. that he's going to raise, and he's probably going to ride that shit into town as a respect thing. That's pretty sweet. Um, and they're they're explaining like Danny Trejo is the rancor keeper, and it's just Danny Trejo in a Star Wars movie, like mustache and all. <laughs> Um, and he's telling him like, oh, you know, it's got blinders on because, and the Rancor is a very, they give the whole backstory that like Rancors are a very emotional race and species and, uh, they bond with the first person to lay eyes on. So he makes sure that Boba's the first person that sees this Rancor and Boba's kind of like petting it like you would a normal pet. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's going to be raising that thing. And I feel like that's where the season's going to end with him just riding the Rancor in to town. Um. The other character that was in it was Steven Root. I don't know if you've ever seen Office Space, Milton. Yes, yes. So he was in it, and it was just kind of weird seeing him in Star Wars. Like, he's just one of the citizens who's like, hey, you know, there's people that are doing wrong in the city, and you're not doing anything about it, so I'm not paying you any tribute. I'll pay you double the tribute if you take care of these punk gang that, like, are, are stealing my profits. And then Boba Fett goes to take care of them, but instead of, like, just killing these kids he offers them a job and now they're working for him and it's like it it keeps going back to that like these people that normally boba fett would have just killed uh he's showing them mercy and respect and then trying to get them to align with him through that mercy and respect and i feel like that's what that flashback did in episode two with the tree and it's, he's showing it was like that was his realization that like if i just follow the footsteps of my father i'm gonna die Right. And maybe having that near-death experience in the Sarlacc Petty realize, like, hey, if I just keep bounty hunting, I'm going to die. This is maybe if I do something else and I form allies and I treat people with more respect that maybe I'll have a longer, more fruitful life. Okay. But I can I can respect, like, the flashbacks. So the flashbacks are a little jarring. Episode, or, yeah, episode it's three. what, like six or seven episodes? I think six. Episode three, like, the flashbacks were far less than episode two. Okay. But it's a shorter episode, too. Like, episode, the second episode was, like, an hour almost. Yeah. And this one was, like, 30 minutes. I just felt, yeah, like, very unsatisfied with the endings. And I get it. Like, yeah. it's slow it's slow build. But, you know, you only have six episodes to kind of get stuff done. And that's why, like, and I, I know I'm not the only one who feels this way. Yeah. Yeah, there's, it, it's kind of, you know little document at this point that this movie this series isn't moving the way i think a lot of people would like and i get it right it's favreau who's in charge of this he's like the executive producer but rodriguez has he's directed at the first episode and the third episode okay so i don't know who's directing the, the other ones but he directed those two so um yeah so i i, I, don't, I don't know it's just um i don't know it when you have six episodes to do something with, you know, do something, and the ending, like I, like the ending's coming. I'm just like, really, that was it. Like the first yeah. two episodes, I'm like, that was it. 
the first. That's kind of how Mando was for a lot of episodes. Just the first two, though. But it picked. I mean, it. it and I, I agree that you know, I, I hated. I didn't care for the first uh, a few episodes of the second season of Mando. You didn't like Frog Lady? Did not care for that. <laughs> I thought it ended up being like a pointless side thing. Yeah, it did kind of. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why I expected more. I don't know why I expected more. But I, I'm sure I'm going to regret it by the time episode six rolls around. I'm yeah. going to catch it eventually. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch, you know, catch up eventually. But I, I just don't feel like it's must-see TV right now. Uh, that could also go to the streaming service because you could watch that whenever. True, but I mean, with a lot of other episodes, like a lot of other shows, I run home. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm doing today. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Loki dropped. We're watching it. Yeah, and there's nothing. You know, I'll push out podcast recordings. I don't care what I got to do. And when it comes to Boba Fett, I literally just I napped. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. recorded a podcast episode after work. I napped, and I recorded another podcast episode after that. I feel a lot of that too is like the stakes. Like with the Marvel shows, it feels like there's more stakes because we 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 have more invested in these characters, and there's risk of loss with these characters. Where I feel like Boba Fett is such an iconic character, like you know, nothing bad is going to happen to him. Right. Yeah, it's probably probably a little bit of it. You know, going into it, I just I don't know. I get, you can obviously tell them I have a very short attention span. Well, even like the, the that Wookiee that they introduced in the second episode. Like he comes into the third episode and he tries to kill Boba Fett. Right. Like he's hired to kill him. And then they fight him off. And he, you know, they entrap him. And then like the Huts were the ones who put the hit out on Boba. And they come and like, yeah, we're sorry. We won't do that again. Here's a Rancor. We're gonna go back to now Hutta. And instead of like him just like slaying the huts, it's like, okay. And then he like he brings out the Wookiee and they're like, Yeah, you can just kill him. And he's like, No, I'll let him go. And he looks at the Wookiee, he's like, Nothing personal, it was just a job. Go ahead. And the Wookiee runs away. Huh. So maybe that'll come back later and he'll be an ally. I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll it's see. not the same character. Like, I feel like the sheen has been like when you exp- like, and they've done that with everybody. Like when you first see these characters, whether it be Michael Myers, Darth Vader, Freddy Krueger, when you keep ex- when you keep expanding on their backstory, their mystique is gone. Yeah, I see. Though I've I've you know when it comes to Dar- like a Darth Vader type though, and maybe it's just because he is my favorite character. I, I've I've been more intrigued by the more that they pulled back the curtain. You can't tell me that when he, he he found out Padme. No, I found her. She 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 was alive. She was alive. No, like that. Uh, come on, that's that's not Darth Vader. He that's did a Anakin. good fucking job, and you know it. No, that part was awful. No, it wasn't. That's what? good cinema. That was good cinema to yell no for a really long time. I think that was terrible. Well, I'm starting to think you don't know good cinema. I think you like the Eternals and you shit on that. I not the whole movie, just that that scene in general when he just shouts no. It was powerful. <laughs> and just Palpatine looking behind him. <laughs> like literally like menacingly 
strumming his fingers together. It was good shit. He should have had a mustache that he could twirl. It set up the original trilogy, that little scene. I don't know. I don't know. I have to agree with Steely Steve, man. I could have done without the no scene in Revenge of the Sith. Could have done without that one. Should have won an Emmy. An Emmy was a movie. It would have been an Oscar, Julie. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah? Huh? You should go on the Emmys. Ricky Gervais will show you what's what. Nobody watches those stupid fucking award shows anyway. Yeah, that's why they're not even doing them this year. They're fucking trash. Not even live streaming them. Still, he's right. He's right. They are. They are garbage. They're garbage. Anyways. Yeah. On DC News, I did watch uh, the first three episodes of Peacekeeper. I heard really good things about it. It's. Uh, I didn't. I thought James Gunn was just executive producer. I didn't realize that he, the first three episodes were all written and directed by him. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's quirky. It kind of picks up right after Suicide Squad. Um, you get a little bit more in depth with Peacekeeper. Um, John Cena does a great job. Um, cast is good. They brought back, uh, like the, the blonde woman that was in the movie in the control room. Okay. And then like the overweight guy with the beard and the glasses, he comes back. He's yeah. Who hit, what's her name in the back of the head or something like that? Uh, they, it was a different woman who actually hit Waller, but they were like kind of in cahoots with her. I got you. They show her like getting arrested and being taken away. Okay. And Waller probably doing God knows what. And then, um, yeah, so there's that. There's the, um, they introduced Vigilante and he's kind of like Peacekeeper's kind of like his lackey. Okay. Uh, he pretty interested character. Um, yeah. They make a little joke. He's like, "Oh, I'm in." He's he's trying to fight Project Butterfly, and they won't tell him what it is. He's like, "Am I fighting a Mothra? Oh, I'm fighting a Mothra. I need a jetpack if I'm fighting a Mothra." <laughs> um, and like, why do you think you're fighting a butterfly? He's like, "Dude, the last uh, last mission you had me on was uh, you know, Project Starfish, and it was literally fighting a giant starfish." So, first three episodes were good. It's worth it just to watch the opening credit scene. Is it that good? The opening credit scene. I'm is going. Hilarious. I know I'm going to watch that. I did not know when the release date, when the drop date was for that. So yeah, um, it kind of popped out of um, nowhere. I didn't expect uh, the first three episodes either. I knew it was sometime in January. I just didn't know exactly when. And then uh, the guy who played the T1000 and T2. Okay. He plays uh, Peacemaker's father. Oh. And. I don't think they haven't like officially said it yet, but they kind of hint at like I think he was peacekeeper before John Cena was peacekeeper. Thing. Okay. And he was he's like an awful bigoted racist. <laughs> so like everybody just assumes that John Cena's peacekeeper is also an evil bigoted racist. Um and they gotcha. poke fun at it like where vigilante is like, "Dude, I've seen your kill counts. Like you you kill more black people than you kill white people." <laughs> He's like, that's not my fault. I'm just killing people who, who 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 commit crimes. He's like, well, that's on you. You need to be watching the white people just as much as you're watching the black people, so you can catch the white people committing crimes and kill them. <laughs> it's got some witty dialogue. Um, cast is good. Um, the the one the one actress from um, Orange Is the New Black, um, Danielle Brooks. She's in it, and she's really relatable, good character. She's actually, you find out she's Amanda Waller's daughter. So she's oh, okay. there to kind of, like, keep tabs on the team and report back to Waller. And some of the other team members, like, they're not really sure if they trust her. They don't know that she's Waller's daughter. 
they just don't know anything about her. So they're like, can we really trust you? Um, so that's good. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty fun, fun show so far. Oh, they also introduced judo master. Who's like this little tiny, little tiny master of judo who just kicks everybody's ass. This is pretty good. Highly recommend. I would, I would check it out. Uh, each episode is like 40, 45 minutes. And then I did on Hulu watch, uh, hit monkey. The first episode of Hit Monkey, which is an uh, animated show. It's absolutely as ridiculous as you would think if you have any familiarity with the uh, source material. It's literally just like a white ape that is a hitman. Yeah, I have no idea anything about Hit Monkey. I know Greg was very excited about it. Um, I just watched the first episode, and uh, it's, yeah, it's basically like this hitman voiced by. Um, Ah, fuck, what's his name? He is, it is voiced by Jason Sudeikis. Thank you, sorry. Uh, and he's just doing his job, and then things go awry. He's tracking through the the mountains in, I think, Japan or China, and uh, he's going to die, and these monkeys find him, and they take him to their hot springs, and they nurse him back to health. And then his past comes back to haunt him, and hit this monkey just sees everything, and now he's gonna he's gonna take up. He's, he's like, oh, he can learn. He's like, oh, I saw that guy fire a gun. Now I can fire a gun. And uh, I'll let you know. I, I'm I'm intrigued to see some of the other episodes. But yeah, it's just a monkey that is gonna kill some uh, yakuza. How many episodes is this supposed to be? I think it's like ten, and they're like <laughs> half hour animated episodes. The animation is really good. Um, so. Okay. Yeah. I would give that a shot. All right. No, I'm, yeah, I have a lot to catch up on. They did release issue, uh, images of Batgirl for the DC movie. I don't know if it's what, what timeline this is Batgirl in. Batgirl movie or is it The Batman? I don't think it's in The Batman. Okay. Um, it's a Batgirl movie. Um, I'm, I don't know if it's going to be connected to the Batman or if it's going to be connected to it's its own thing. Its own thing. I, that's the weird thing with the DC. There's too many universes right now. Yeah. Too many multiverses. All, it's, I don't know if it's going to be a standalone thing or if it's going to be linked up to anything else. Um, but the costume looks pretty cool. Um, the, uh, the actress I'm not overly familiar with. Apparently she was in Bad Boys. Um, the, the, the third one. What was that called? Didn't see it. Yeah, neither did I. I wasn't a big fan of that franchise. No. But um my wife loves it, but Yeah. There's no superheroes in it, so I don't care. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. None. Yeah, Leslie Grace. So but it's more like the purple like the dark purple costume with the yellow bat logo. I mean she's got the cowl, so she's not doing like the Alicia Silverstone domino mask. Right. So right. it looks pretty cool. Her she's got red hair that's flowing out of it. Um, kind of looks very similar to like how Batgirl was in the Lego Batman movie. Okay, I could dig that. Yeah, so it looks pretty cool. All right, very good. Um, let's see, is there anything else? Oh, there was the for me, the Roku. Roku is uh going in development on a weird Al Yankovic biopic, starring uh Daniel Radcliffe, one Harry Potter, and I am all game for this. I can't wait. I love Weird Al. We actually did an episode of him on uh, one of my other shows that we do, and I'm like, man, Weird Al has an awesome... He's lived an awesome life. I celebrate 
that man's entire catalog. I have every single album he's produced, Do even really? the food and the TV albums, the greatest hits albums. Really? I uh, I love UHF. It's one of my favorite feel-good movies. Pop that on. It always makes me laugh still to this day. Uh, and I will say he is the only recording artist I will go see live, which he's coming either June or July 28th to Art Park. He's been at Art Park recently, he has, too. Yeah. But now he's not doing his hits anymore. He's doing the self-gratification, self-indulgent tour where he's playing more of his original stuff and his lesser-known tracks. Okay. So I'm hoping he does Albuquerque, all 14 minutes of it. <laughs> or Trapped in the Drive-Thru, all 14 minutes of that. Trapped in the Drive-Thru is a good one. Yeah. Okay, so not, not, not his rip-off stuff, but his, his original. I respect yeah. that. Yeah. I respect it. That's pretty cool. I wonder how that's going to go. I really hope that they include the scene. They probably won't, but where Prince tells sends a symbol letter that he can't look at him at one of the award shows. Yeah, Prince was the only artist that never let allowed. Not that he needed, because like I guess parody, you don't need um, the the consent of the art but, that you're parodying. Right, but Weird Al was just that. But guy. yeah, he was always he he didn't want to do anything that would step on the toes of the creator. Well, well did so. you hear the story that? Prince sent a letter to Weird Al telling him that he couldn't look at him. They were at the same table at an award show. Really? I mean, it wasn't just Weird Al. A couple other people at the table. They said okay, they're, they're okay. Prince. <laughs> so he just didn't single out Weird Al. Correct. Okay. But Weird Al was part of it. Like, yeah. It's weird to think that Weird Al and Prince were at the same table at some award show or whatever. And the Prince straight up said, you're not allowed to make eye contact with me or something. Wow. Let me find this thing. Prince was a weird dude. He's a very strange cat. Um. I mean, I respect. I like his music, and I respect him as a as a eye creator. Contact. Let's yeah. see, Weird Al Prince eye contact. 19- I hope they do. Who would play Prince? I mean, you you can't do it distastefully because the man's passed on. Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd I even ask? That's perfect answer. Perfect right. answer. <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, oh, no, the article's not showing up. Oh, there's a paywall behind it. Great. That's I love. Cool. I actually. I really respect Daniel Radcliffe as an actor. Like I've seen him. He's made some interesting he choices. He's not. He, he hasn't been typecast. Where well, he, I mean, he was for sure. But he's done a lot of strange, interesting movies against type, just to try to break that. Um, great movie that he's in, where he literally has like almost no dialogue, is a movie called Swiss Army Man. Okay, I would highly recommend it. It is amazing. It's uh. He's he's a dead corpse in the entire movie, and it's the movie is about a a, a gentleman who's with the, him, who's trapped in the woods, who suffers from mental illness and depression, and he uses Daniel Radcliffe's corpse as a way of coping, of being alone, and like he finds that he's a Swiss Army man, he can do different things, like he can fart and he can trap. Like there's literally a scene where he's riding. Daniel Radcliffe's corpse while he farts and he's like propelling forward through the water like on a jet ski. No shit. But it's it's like it sounds absolutely ridiculous and trust me it is, but it's actually a very well done heartfelt movie. He with was, a great message. He's in a T I I don't know if it's a TV show. My wife was watching it. Is it Steve Buscemi? Or they're like in different time periods and stuff. Oh, I can't think of it. Like every season is like a different time period. Interesting. Like one of them is like a medieval times, and and oh, I don't even I like medieval era, and yeah, it, it was interesting. But he has range. 
Oh, Radcliffe for sure. Has range. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, like Emma Watson was a, was a star after post Harry Potter. The the kid who played the Rupert Grint who played Ron Weasley didn't really do anything after that. Radcliffe's done a little bit here and there. Yeah, he's definitely been the one who's kind of branched out the most. I feel. Yeah. And is not really held in that type anymore. I feel. I agree. So. I agree. But all right, I think that's it for news. We're going to read some comic books. Sounds good to me. It's been a hot minute since we read some comic books. I almost forgot how to read comic books. Um, right to left. Left to right. <laughs> I forgot. See? You, already, you, you, done, you done messed up. I was thinking Magna. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I, I don't know why. With all the, 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 the Daredevil connections and stuff with the live action MCU, I was like, man, I really want to read a Daredevil book. I read a cu- I, I read skimmed through a couple. Okay, there were some really long ones. I was like, oof, I don't have time or energy to sit through this whole thing. There was a really cool. Um, there's actually a couple Daredevil Batman crossovers that I was considering. Interesting. Um, a Daredevil Deadpool one, but I again just too long. So I went in uh, Daredevil. It's from 1998. All right, so it's a. You know, just slapping the number one on everything, right? Just slapping the number one on everything. Oh, I got to rebrand. Got to rebrand every single time. Um, so the story opens up with a, uh, it's a bunch of scenery of, you know, Hell's Kitchen. And it's a it's a letter from Karen, who I believe, that's the girl from the show, right? Yeah, Karen Page. Karen Page. It's got to be it. Dear Matthew, I'm not a woman of faith. It's something that you've always teased me about. When you go to hell, yeah, it is Karen Page. <coughs> when you go to hell, oh my God, so many pop ups. <laughs> Karen Page, you joke when I snore through your weekly request to join you at Sunday Mass, I won't be able to rescue you. Don't think I have any pull down there just because of the outfit. Um, in the midst of, I can't even say that word, could, could, coffin, Jesus, of the kitchen. I th- think I got an answer. Whatever. Anyways, Karen Page finds a job elsewhere, and she she kind of leaves. Um, she leaves Matt high and dry by himself, and he's absolutely heartbroken about it. And it's a pretty long letter, but um, yeah, at the conclusion, she says she loves him, and you know, see you again another time. Basically, uh, it cuts over to another scene where some guys are chasing this woman. Who uh, has a baby? All right, they're they're just chasing him, her, chasing her, and they eventually hop in a car and they <laughs> they follow her some more, and uh, then it cuts over to Daredevil Matt Murdock. He's in the confession booth, talking to a priest, and he's discussing about you know his his broken heart. You know, six months ago, my girlfriend left me, and and he's mending. You know, he, he's trying to find healing through this, this priest in the confessionary booth. And um, all the while he, he's, the, the priest is talking, his little radar, his daredevil radar kind of thing is going off. And he, he, he can feel the presence of this girl, this woman running away with her baby. Um, so he leaves the confession booth, just leaves the priest, just talking to himself, hops in his daredevil gear and um, and goes and chases down this car, beats up the uh, the guy's chasing this woman and her baby beats him up, and then by the time she he's looking, he you know looks around, soaks everything, and realizes the woman is gone. Um, then it cuts. Then it cuts to uh, 
Matt at his law office. There's, um, it's Nelson Sharp and Murdoch. I don't know who Sharp is, but um, Foggy Nelson brings this woman in. They're chatting and stuff, and and Matt's trying to, you know, say, "Hey, I'll be your, I'd happy to be your attorney." Yada yada yada. Uh, after this whole meeting goes down, Daredevil kind of goes out to seek out this girl. He beats up a couple bad guys, and he eventually finds this this woman with the baby. Um, confronts her, talks to her, just kind of gets you know tries an understanding of what's you know what's happened. She hands the baby off to him, and then all of a sudden she just disappears, vanishes, just vanished. Is it cloak? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's very peculiar. Um, yeah, it's it's really peculiar. Um, yeah, five twenty six p.m. The savior was left in the devil's care. So it's some kind of religious meaning, I think, because the art afterwards is like a devil. So I, I I have no idea. I think there's some kind of religious meaning to it. There's like fifty something issues of this book, hmm. of this run. So I'm kind of curious about it. Uh, we haven't read too much Daredevil in here, so I figured it'd be. Uh, why the heck not? I think my wife said she's seen that some about a season four perhaps being done. That'd be cool because they definitely left uh, season three on the cliffhanger with Bullseye and like Kingpin. Yeah, and, and now that he's with the MCU, I, you know, I'm yeah. curious. Yeah, so that's that's kind of my book. Um, yeah, just a nice little setup to whatever whatever's to come. So nice, Daredevil. It's he's always my he's he's my favorite Marvel hero. Is he? Yeah, I I always like him, and it's like it's cool because now like he has like his live action actor where when I read his dialogue, I imagine I'm, it's Charlie Cox. Yeah, you have the voice to go with it, right? Yeah. I did that with when I was starting to read the Deadpool one, Deadpool and Daredevil. Like here, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, a lot of characters don't have that, but it's so cool when, you know, we had Ben Affleck, <laughs> but before Charlie Cox came along, it was Ben Affleck oh, and the, and the so cartoon cool. version, which was very deep. Yeah, very like very very deep and not very Daredevil like. Um, but yeah, Charlie Cox kind of he nails it, and he's my eternal Daredevil voice. I'm glad they're they're sticking with him. Yeah, me too, me too. I can't see anybody else in that role doing it justice. He did yeah. a great job, and he was awesome in Far From Home. So yes, he was. Um, so I am. Uh, I gave this book a glowing recommendation uh, two weeks ago. Swamp Thing, Green Hell. Uh, this is part of DC's Black Label, which I love because it's more mature content. But I hate because look at the size of this goddamn thing. It's a pretty big book. It's it's big. How am I supposed to bag and board this? It's the same problem I have with the last Ronin comics. This is first world problems, people. It's a first world problems. It's terrible. Um, but Jeff Lemire is the writer. Doug Monkey is the artist. The art's amazing in it. Um, the coloring is great. Um, and I like it because it's like, this is a futuristic world. And it gives me like a vibe of uh, Waterworld, Mad Max type thing. But it's also super graphic and body horror. And I'm I'm like, I love David Cronenberg films. Um, I'm a big fan of Clive Barker films. Uh, just that eerie body horror. And there's a lot of that in this. And I, I like when they go darker with Swamp Thing. I'm a big Swamp Thing fan. And I've, I love the Alan Moore run. 
Um, I like the uh, the was it Snyder run when they did the new Fifty Two. Um, that was a great run. Um, but this is this is pretty cool. So this is book one, uh, and it starts off with a father and a daughter. They're out on the on the ocean and they're fishing and they're throwing a fishing net down. And uh, he's uh, pulling up the fishing net, and she's like, "Oh, we got something big. What? What did we get? Do we? What did we get?" And they pull it up, and it's just a bunch of junk, like toothbrushes and and cans and pots, and you know, she's like, she goes, "Ah, oh, it's nothing. It's just junk." He's like, "No such thing as junk. We can always use something." And he pulls out the toothbrush, and he's like, "Yeah, we can. We can use this to clean out muscles and all that stuff." And you know, they don't have any food, but that's okay. And then the little girl looks at him and she goes, "You know, all George says that he he only eats gulls. The guy up on up on the uh, in the lighthouse, he only eats gulls, and uh, he shoots them down and eats them whole. And then the father's like, uh, George lies through through his teeth. Don't worry about him. And I don't want to hear you talking about that lighthouse. Don't don't be messing with that lighthouse. You leave it alone." So then they they start driving back and she pulls out a, a sand wedge and she's like, "Hey, what is this? If you know, if I ever see that guy in the lighthouse, I'll." I'll knock him down with my sword. And the father's like, oh, I, I knew I know what that was originally even meant for. She goes, what was it meant for? Is it a garden tool or something? And he's like, maybe I'll tell you when your chores are done. So they come back to this beautiful, like, mountain-esque island. It looks like it's somewhere in the, like, almost like Honolulu. It's very rich and green, but a uh, nice mountainside. And he comes in, and there's, like, kind of shanties and shacks, and he comes up, and the little girl asks to go play with her friend, and he says, yeah, sure, go play. And then we see old George. Well, good morning, Lack, and uh, it's good to see the kids still being kids for a while. He's like, hey, morning, George. And George's like, wow, what do you got there? Some old sandwich. How much for it? What do you want? He goes, what the hell are you going to do with this thing? He goes, well, I'm a collector. I must have a full set there. You know, collector. And then he says, ah, something. I'll tell you what, George, you can have the old sand wedge, but you, you keep keep Ronnie away from that lighthouse. Stop filling her head with this lighthouse jargon. Oh, Donnie, uh, just ghost stories, Donnie, for the kids. Keep them entertained. Just got a whistle when they pass the graveyard, George. So, you know, all of a sudden we hear this bong, bong, and everybody kind of like their attention is stopped. And the little girl runs up, Dad, they're coming, they're coming. And he goes, all right, Veronica, now stay inside. No matter what happens, stay inside. And uh, Donnie, he looks at old George. He goes, you know, George, go inside, too. Fuck that. I'm not scared of these bastards. And he goes, and Donnie says, you know, George, you probably should be. And we see this gaggle of characters, like guy walking up uh, with a with an A. It looks like an uh, like a assault rifle strapped over his back. Another guy with an Uzi. Another guy with a pistol. This guy walking up. He looks like he's like leather face. He's got like a butcher's hammock, like smock on, and he's got a shotgun, and he's got like a cleaver, meat cleaver tucked into his belt. And they're walking up, and the the leader of it, he's like, "Well, good morning. Um, it's first of the month." And Donnie says, "You said it's not till the end of the month. You know, we have to eat too." And he goes, you know, I never, I never said that, uh, you know, it was going to be the first or the last of the month. I just let you guys, people, think that you were in charge. And Donnie, when he tells me, is, you know, they need to eat as well, this guy just headbutts him right in the nose, start kicking him in the nuts. They're beating the shit out of him. And old man George is watching, and he's kind of getting pissed off. And uh, this guy who's in charge of these, these Neanderthals, these, these evil guys, 
He's like, it doesn't matter if it's all gone. A few more years, this mountaintop is all going to be gone and underwater too. You know, we he he explains that he offered Donnie to join them, but he wants to pretend that the old world still exists. And he goes, you're going to teach your little girl over there to stay here and die slowly, or are you going to teach her how to survive? And Donnie looks at him, he's like, don't you dare talk about my daughter. And then that's when we find out a revelation that this guy is his is Donnie's brother-in-law. And he goes, that's what you think, huh? You people are keeping your, your loved ones alive. He goes, my sister knew that this was all hopeless. And Sarah couldn't bear to see both worlds drown, so that's why she killed herself. And you're already Ted do, Donnie. You just don't know it yet. So now we cut to a scene, um, and this is where it kind of gets into the mythos of Swamp Thing. Um, there's the Parliament of Green, the Parliament of Red, and the Parliament of Rot. And it's all like, it's, it's basically the Lion King circle of life. The green feeds the red, the red feeds the rot, the rot feeds the green, the circle, okay? And Swamp Thing's the avatar of the Parliament of the Green. So uh, we see this, like, dead seagull, and it's just sitting there, and it's like, oh, there's more death, more to eat, yum, yum, yum. And then we hear the, the, the green, and it's talking about how the flesh is weak, and the flesh is fading, and uh, the green is going to take back over. And there's a lot of green under the water. And then the rot's talking about how below the water, there's not enough balance, there's not enough to eat, not enough yum, yum, yum. And then we see the red, the flies are coming to feast on the seagull, and that's the red. And the red's talking about how there's not enough rotten things for the, the red to eat. Um, and there's not enough from the ocean for the red to eat. And that's where we see, like, the actual parliament of the rot, the red, and the green and again, the rot is like the decay. The red is the like animals, mammals, humans. Right. And then the green is like the, the trees. And it's basically saying that, you know, the, the red has taken over the planet. It's greedy and it's destroyed the green. And that's why the world's in the shape that it's in. And the red tried to control, the parliament of the red tried to control like humans, but humans are too selfish. So that's why the world's gone to shit, hell in a handbasket. And then the, the, the Parliament of the Green is like, okay, we will take back over and we will wipe out what's left of the red so that we can start anew and start fresh and have animals that are easily more easily controlled, that we can control them and they won't control the world. So then we cut to the, the dad, Donnie, and his daughter, and he's kind of mad at her because she was supposed to stay inside when he was getting his ass kicked, but she saw the whole thing. And that's when she kind of asks him, like, hey— um, is that true, what my uncle said? You know, that mom killed herself because she didn't want to see us die slowly. And he's like, I'll talk to you about it later. So Donnie goes to the old town meeting. And uh, the town meeting, we meet a character named John. And he's like, all right, enough's enough. These people are just going to keep taking and taking and taking. There's only one thing left to do. Um, we're going to, like, ambush them. And then old man George, well, about any weapons, we'll go after them and they'll just wipe us out. Well, that'll be the end of it. And then, you know, the leader is like, well, that's that's the only suggestion you got, George? Well, we could go to the lighthouse up on that road. <laughs> is this pet? You, you doing the pet cemetery? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay. That's where I'm going with it. <laughs> and uh, the, the leader's like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm tired of these damn pirates. You know, we either take them out now or they're going to take us out slowly. And Donnie's not for it. He's like, you guys are going to, you're going to get wiped out. And then the leader's like, yeah, well, we got no choice. So then we cut to where these pirates are. And they seem to be like some old oil rig. And the leader's sitting there, and he's he's kind of 
expressing how he's, he's sick and tired of everything. And uh, all of a sudden, as he's sitting there talking to his girlfriend, she gets shot. He turns around, and the, the villagers are just slaughtering the pirates. The The leader takes the the main pirate, and he stabs him right up under the neck and throat. He's like, got you, you asshole. And he stabs him, and he slices right like vertically down the throat. And the guy falls into the water. And uh, as he falls in, you hear the Avatar of the Red, and it's like, blood drains. And then the um, Avatar of the Rot, and the Parliament of the Rot is like, soon, the decay. And we see these... The, the townspeople just taking out the pirates, just shooting them, killing them. And as they're doing this, we see the body that fell into the water being taken over by the green. And they're like, now he will become our instrument. And people are up on the oil rig and they're just killing. And all of a sudden, um, we see like a vine come up and it goes right through the back of the guy's head, uh, back of this one guy's head, out his mouth. And then it rips the top part of his face off. So you just see his tongue like dangling. All like Britney Spears and Salt. Yeah, yes, yes. That's exactly what it is. And then the the leader of the townspeople who got all this going, he's like, oh, please, please. He sees the hand, the the green hand come up. And then as it comes up, we get this awesome two-page spread of this new swamp thing that looks like super demonic. And he's got like, He's got three, like, ripped-apart bodies, like the one's just the torso and is dangling, and their teeth are, like, being knocked out. And there's another one where that vine has gone, like, in the arm socket, out the neck, and then up for the vine, you see the guy's head. Um, Holy and then, shit! As you, yeah, it's pretty, it's some heavy shit there, Stooley Steve. So then uh, the little girl wakes up, she had a nightmare, and... The dad's like, what's wrong, Ronnie? And she's like, oh, I just had a nightmare. And then they hear that bong noise that was at the beginning that signified the pirates were coming. And the dad's like, oh, shit. And he goes, he basically tells his daughter, remember our our, our plan if anything bad goes, you, you get to the boat and you travel north, as far north as you can get. And then if I'm not there by the next day noon, you keep going north. So she's like, well, why? What happened? He's like, the, you know, the townspeople did something stupid. And he goes up there with old man George, and he goes, George, what's going on? He stupid bastards, they did it, Donald. They, they killed us all. He goes, oh, you, you should go, George. Stay inside. Not a chance. I'm not scared of those punks. They, they come here and steal from us. About time they learned a lesson. And then we see that same swamp creature coming up, and he's got, like, disemboweled bodies intertwined with his vines. And he, the the creature just says, no more. And Donnie looks at it questionably. He's like, what the fuck is this thing? And he, he, you know, he tells George to get away, but the swamp creature grabs George right by the ankle. Get it off me. Oh, geez, Donnie, get it off me. So Donnie cuts the vine, and the swamp creature keeps coming at him. And he goes, get up, get up, George. And the creature's eyes are glowing green. And all of a sudden, this woman just comes out of nowhere with a shotgun. And she's like, come on, you motherfucker. And the swamp creature just protrudes a vine right through her eyeglasses, right through her eye, and you see her brains coming out the back of her skull. And then we see old man George, the fuck is that? Donnie says, I don't know. Just run, George. Go. Come on. And Donnie got his knife, and he's he's trying to like slice at the creature. And the creature just says, new. Sarah knew. And Sarah was Donnie's ex-wife. So then more townspeople come in and they're trying to, to fight off this creature and to no avail. Like it just like when they when they slaughter and cut down the one avatar, 
just another one pops up because it could just like go into a weed and pop back up again. So these guys like thought they killed it. And then Donnie's like, no, no, it's behind you. And then the thing just comes up and it like, it takes its hand. It literally crushes two of their skulls. And then it takes the other guy and the vines go in the back of his skull, in the top of his skull and in his ears. And then you see the vines coming out of his nose, out of his eye sockets and out of his mouth. And Donnie's like looking on in horror and as then we cut to like the little girl running through the streets to get to the boat. And as she's running through, we see like these random dead bodies that are like basically uh, like potter plants. Mm. They're just like their their rib cages are ripped open and there's just plants growing from within them. That's hot. So she's running to the boat and all of a sudden who grabs her this way. George, my dad, he'll be all right along. Come on. Come on. We got to go. Got to go. Where are you? Where are you come from? Where's my dad? Where's my dad? He's like the north. We gotta, we gotta go to the north. And they're, so they're in their boat and they're traveling. Only one man can help us now. And then the little girl says, "We we shouldn't be at the lighthouse, George. Daddy said not to go to the lighthouse. No more time for ghost stories, Veronica. We're here. Well, past that, no more ghost stories." And she goes, "Well, who lives there? A bad man." But a mad, bad man who knows things. And we cut and we see an old gentleman sitting in a chair wearing a nice white shirt, red tie, nice black slacks, and a brown trench coat. Took your bloody well long enough. Little girl says, you're an old man. Watch your tongue, love. Still got it where it counts, yeah. All right then, Georgie. I've been better, John. And she goes, you, you know, you know, George? Aye, old George and me go way back. Gotham and 28, wasn't it there, George? Enough, you already, you know what's happening. Aye, I figured it was a matter of time before some end of our life scenario showed its fucking ugly head. Had my money on Apocalypse or some other otherworldly bullshit. Didn't think the Parliament would be this cheeky, but here we are. Be a dear and fetch some of that old scrap weed, will you, love? She's, the little girl looks at George. She says, George, should I do this? And he goes, just, just do what it says, Veronica. Can you, can you help us there, John? Me? Not much of a heroic type there, George, but I still have a trick or three up my sleeve. And he takes the weed and he puts it in like a circle. Not stand back, it's dangerous. Likely to be dangerous. Not going to be very fucking happy about this, I reckon. And cast a spell, and all of a sudden there's a twirl. Oh, no, he's not going to be happy at all. And then all of a sudden we see Swamp Thing, and he's on fire. He just looks at the old man, and he goes, Constantine. Constantine. Oh, and he just shit. grabs him. Uh, and he goes, I was free. I was home. How dare you? How dare you? Sorry to interrupt the vacation, Alec, my boy, but we've got a wee problem. Seem you've got to save us from the green. And then it ends. Uh, book two will be on sale in February, this coming February. And, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see where this goes. It's like Old Man Constantine, 
I like John Constantine. I think he's an underrated character. I like the dynamic he has with Swamp Thing. So I'm really curious to see uh, how this pans out. Um, and the artwork's amazing, like I said. Uh, the, the visuals are great. If you got a strong stomach, I recommend it. If you don't have a strong stomach, it might not be for you. I could picture it. I could, I could picture all of that, yeah. which is really neat. So very good. That was a good-ass book. Looking forward to more. Yeah, for sure. Well, everybody. Wait, wait, wait. <clears throat> wait a minute. Let me redeem myself here. Now. We don't got a fucking time for this. Okay, oh, just real quick now, real quick. This was uh, this one is relevant. Very relevant, you see. Dilbert, are you familiar with Dilbert? Yes. Dilbert? He works in an office, which I've heard a lot of people aren't doing anymore. Working from home and whatnot. Back in my day. Yeah, your day? When was that? Hmm? The 20s. Yes, The yes. Roaring Twenties? Yes, the Roaring Twenties. When motherfuckers grew up in Hoovervilles? Flappers. Flappers, you say. Flapperdresses. They were always did it for me. Yes. Hard times, baby, hard times. Mm, yes, Dustin. Dusty would tell us about this, yes. So we, we caught Dilbert sitting there wearing a mask at work, as one does now, and he's got a, a woman wearing a mask as well. And Dilbert says to the woman... Do you wear makeup under that mask where no one can see it? Question. Or do you leave the snout area all pale and pimply? And the woman does not look pleased. No, 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 no. Stop imagining me unmasked. And then Dilbert responds, I'll report myself to human resources. <laughs> yes. That one fell a little flat. It was a good one. I enjoyed it. Dilbert is quite funny. He's got glasses. Makes me laugh. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, yes. Hmm. Good job, Baron. Yes, there's a book. We haven't, we haven't had too much Dilbert on here. No, that was my first experience with Dilbert. I'm not one for office settings, but, you know, to each their own. He's a classic. He is a classic. That he can be, yeah. But, all right, everybody, that is it for this week's episode. Thanks for rejoining us. Um, we'll talk to you next week, right? It'll be two weeks. These guys fucking suck. What is time? We're trying, Baron. Turn, turn, I mean, turn. Stooley. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm bad. He's Stooley. <laughs> I forgot. Well, how could you? You both pissed me off. Well, yes, we are both wearing suits. Mine is a smoking jacket, and his is uh, some kind of potato sack. <laughs> this was my mother's potato sack! That very well may be, sir, but a sack of potatoes it was once. Yes. <laughs> Fuck this part-time show! Now this is podcasting! That's how it works. <laughs>